Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number, 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. Once again, freetalklive.com with you tonight. It's Ian. And Mark. All right. So you can, of course, join us on the phones, also online. As we mentioned, the site's free, and actually you get to control the content of the site. I actually submitted something to it today, which really I was doing more of a test thing uh, because somebody had reported a bug. And by the way, we try to be as responsive as possible. If there are bugs on the site, let us know. We've got a uh, section of the forum just for that, or you can always email us. Uh, as well. Anyway, uh, I was run, just kind of running a test, but I submitted the footage for Ademo. Uh, Ademo's trial was yesterday. We talked in detail about it. Our friend Ademo Freeman, who is facing 21 years in prison for so-called wiretapping charges. The raw footage is up. It is online. You can visit freekeen.com and you can see it there. Or if you go to freetalklive.com right now, it just it happens to be the top story. Simply because some people decided to vote it up. You can go and vote up what you like and vote down the stuff you don't. Over at freetalklive.com. You can actually submit your own content to the site. So if you find something that you think our listeners would enjoy seeing, you just submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com, and then others get to register their opinion as well. And uh, the best way to do that is by visiting the upcoming stories page on the site and then voting on the freshest, the newest content that has been uh, submitted within the last 24 to 48 hours. So head over there and get interactive. Free Talk Live. Dot com. On the way, another dog shot by the police. This time, some kids were involved. We'll explain to you what the cops did to uh, basically terrorize some, some children. Give that detail to you. But first, in uh, more of a national story, uh, Mark, you've got kind of an update on the auto bailouts. Yeah, this is uh, from, I think it's Detroit Free Press, uh, DetroitNews.com here. It says the Treasury um, is... Uh, the U.S. The United States is going to lose $25 billion on the auto bailouts. Now, I don't know what you guys have heard, but I've heard all kinds of numbers uh, when it comes to these auto bailouts. I've heard, oh, yeah, we're making – well, Barack we're. Obama made such a good investment in bailing out the auto industry that the United States is making money. Yeah, look at this return you're getting, Mark. I mean, it's just cash flowing in. That's right. I've never got you a check, a, right? Never gotten a check. No? Um, here it says the Treasury Department, okay, this isn't me, this isn't Fox News, this is the Treasury Department. Says, hey, you got a check from the auto bailout and you won the Olympics. Congratulations, <laughs> That's Mark. That's right, I win the Olympics. I've got so many medals now. The Treasury Department says in a, as a matter of fact, I'm the fastest man in the world in the water. The Treasury Department says that in a new report, the government expects to lose more than $25 billion on the $85 billion auto bailout. Mm. That's 15% higher than its previous forecast. In a monthly report sent to Congress on Friday, the Obama administration... Well, it's all worth it, Mark. I mean, the, the, the industry is turning around. The, the automotive business is back in the U.S., according to uh, the politicians. I've heard that that's because the United States government is buying cars from uh, GM. So they're actually padding their own numbers. Wouldn't be a surprise. And that's not even mentioned in this. Uh, boasted his forecast of expected losses by more than $3.3 billion. That's the Obama administration had boosted its uh, prediction here to almost $25.1 billion, up from $21.7 billion in the last quarterly update. The report may still underestimate the losses. The report covers predicted losses through May 31st when GM's stock price was 
dollars and twenty cents a share, but it's down um, to twenty dollars and forty-seven cents a share. And at that price, the government would lose another eight hundred and fifty million dollars on its GM bailout. So almost it looks like twenty-six billion dollars lost on this uh, wow. operation at this point. The government still holds. 500 million shares of GM stock and needs to sell them for about $53 each to recover its entire $49.5 billion bailout. So it's, so their claim is that they are trying to liquidate the stock. The claim from the government is that they're trying to get out of the, the business. And that's not what their claim is. That's what they have uh-huh. uh, at this point, um, you know, as far as the that's what they're it's worth. Right. So if they were to sell their stock when they're ready to sell their stock, um, then, you know, that's uh, they're, they're, it's going to be it's a long road from twenty dollars, twenty and a half dollars a share to uh, fifty three dollars each. Um, that's, that's a lot. At the current price, the Treasury would lose more than 16 billion on its uh, GM bailout. The steep decline in GM stock price has in, indefinitely delayed the Treasury's sale of its remaining 26 percent stake in GM. Twenty six percent. No sale will take place before the November election. Uh, Treasury spokesman Matt Anderson said the costs were still far less than some predicted. The auto industry rescue helped save (laughs) more than one million jobs throughout our nation's industrial heartland and is expected to cost far less than many had feared during the height of the crisis. Now, these numbers that they make up, and they are made up, they don't take into account what would have happened if the, they're they're just saying the GM's going to go away and nothing's going to replace it, but what they fail to understand is GM's an idea. A company is really just an idea. It's an organization, people working together. What you would still have if GM this actually went belly up bankrupt rather than just reorganization bankrupt and had to re- recut a deal with its union, which is what the reality of the situation would have been. Um, what you would have had is. You know, people who know how to build cars and the equipment and buildings with which to build cars. Right. So somebody likely who builds cars is going to come in and sweep in and take that equipment and those buildings and those people that know how to build cars and they're going to cut them a deal and manage to make this all work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that at the very least, that equipment is going to get parsed out, moved all over the place. And the people that, uh, you know, know how to build cars are going to learn how to do something else. Now, I'm not saying that that's an optimal situation, but let's cry right now for all the blacksmiths and uh, horseshoe farriers out there that are out of work because of the automobile. All right. Now, n- nobody ever talked about that, but people picked up their lives when automobile, when people, horses stopped needing shoes nearly as often and they yep. changed their business or they retired or they did something else. So, you know, I mean, the marketplace changes and that's just the way it goes. So I'm looking here at uh, General Motors, uh, their stock intro, uh, stock information. Just curious because it said they needed to sell their shares at like 50 something a share. 53, yeah. And that would be to what, break even? Yes. Um, looking here, you know, they don't have a, a very exhaustive history here on Google, but certainly within the last two years, it has not been anywhere near 53. It's, it's not going to go near 53. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, because all you have to do is take a look at anybody's IRA right uh-huh. now <laughs> and stocks are laying there and flipping them around on the ground. They're not, uh, they're not, they're not doing anything exciting. I, I don't, I don't have any strong predictions for government motors uh, somehow, you know, giving giving its stock uh, holders uh, any great returns here. Well, it was interesting hearing what their percentage is. Basically, one-fourth of the entirety of General Motors is owned by the government. Yeah, that has to be the, the, the majority stockholder, right? 
I don't majority, know. But that'd be the uh, the controlling stock owner. It could very yeah. well be. And, I mean, it seems as though the government's probably buying a lot of uh, GM cars, is what I've been hearing, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, now's the time to refresh your fleet, everybody. GM needs a needs needs some stimulus. Well, right. I mean, and if you are the if you're the the bailout person, it, whether you're a government or an individual, if uh, you know you come to a business and your offer is. Well, let's see. Looks like you're going to close your doors if uh, you don't get some money from me here. I guess I'll just be taking over this operation. I mean, really, most in most situations, whether we're talking about some sort of a corporate bailout or corporate uh, merger or buyout or something, or this government uh, bailout situation, of course you're going to come to the table and say, "Yeah, we got the money to keep you alive." Uh, just need to make sure we can control things. You can certainly dictate the terms. You wouldn't want to get rid of. Uh, the goose that laid the golden egg, and I'm not sure where the golden eggs are hidden at GM, and I yeah. wouldn't claim to know that. Um, you know, I mean, some people really hate this new vault that's out. Some people think it's great. I don't know. I couldn't claim. I wouldn't know. I'm not an expert in the auto industry, but I can tell you who else isn't. The United States government. Yeah. one 450 free uh, you know, your thoughts are welcome. Uh, maybe you want to comment on the bailout situation. Remember, we had a news story last week, I think it was, where Barack Obama said he this was so successful that he wants to do it in every manufacturing industry. <laughs> let's let's go and lose a bunch of money in every sector. 855-450-FREE. I mean, it's, if it's not your money, then why not, right? 855-450-3733. You take control. Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a 30-second edition of Verbal Surgery. I'm your verbal surgeon, Tim A. Cummins, here to radiate your brain for maximum gain. And let me tell you, my friends, get on to the VerbalSurgery.com train. Come check it out. Listen to this podcast, and you will feel better right now because you are awesome. Looking forward to seeing you at VerbalSurgery.com. Take it easy, baby. Awesome. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll-free, bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Coming up, uh, more cops shooting dogs. We'll tell you about uh, what made this story a little bit different, because certainly seems to be coming a common occurrence. 855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features. We've got archives. They go all the way back to late 2006. You can click and download as many episodes as you would like. And if you want, you can also share them through our SoundCloud links. You can go to freetalklive.com. Look on the left-hand side of the page under Listen and Share, and you'll find the SoundCloud link there that will take you to all of our archives Archived on SoundCloud, you click the share button on the one that you want to share with your friends, and it'll let you link it over to your Facebook or Twitter or various other social networking media sites. So go to freetalklive.com and grab some shows. When you're in your car, all kinds of things can happen. You can have some kind of incident where, uh, you know, it's an accident or you can, you know, your car can be, uh, you know, in a situation where, you know, a police officer pulls you over and, you know, maybe... The story of the person who's in the accident, the police officer, doesn't match your understanding of the situation. If you've got a camera in your car that's running at all times, well, you'll have uh, you know a visual representation of what happened. With the GPS Blackbox dash cam, you'll have not only video, but you'll have audio. 
So whatever interchange there was between you and the officer, maybe uh, you'll have a you know GPS navigation. It records your driving route and speed. It for all traffic stops and all other driving incidents. You can protect yourself with the ultimate witness. This is insurance against bad things happening on the road. Freedomcam.net. I recommend it. Love this product. Yeah, it's really great. I can't recommend it highly enough. I mean, it by no means is it a, a cheap device, but by no means is it a cheap device. It it operates. I turn my key, but bam, it's on. It gets a little bling noise or whatever it uh, does when it comes on, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's recording. Yep, it's there for you. Eight five five four fifty free, and we are here for you as well. We'll take your calls about anything. Jeremy's in Philly. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, um, I was listening to the coverage of the Ade- uh, the Ademo case, and it seems like an application of laws in a completely con- contradictory uh, way about the world, like in a way for which the laws were never supposed to be used. Like it kind of reminds me of like Patriot uh, laws being used against business owners mm-hmm. or something re- uh, ridiculous like that. Because when I think of wiretapping, I I think of like men sneaking into a room and bugging a phone. Sure. Or, I think of government going to a phone company. Like, I think of really sneaky type of things. The last thing I could think of is a citizen, or the last thing I could think of is a, is a, is a journalist calling a public official. Uh, that, that would be the last thing I could think of when I think of wiretapping. It just goes to show how, uh, how laws once written become interpreted and enforced differently, likely, than anyone who originally wrote the law was intending. Yeah, and... If I were on a jury and I saw the state using, and I was looking at the state's case and looking at the law and looking at the person, there'd be no way with my conscience I'd be able to send someone like a demo to jail. I just, I don't understand this jury. I mean, it's almost like there was one strong person in the jury, or uh, whether or not the uh, state or the prosecutor or it, it kind of makes you wonder what exactly was said to the jury behind those closed doors, but was there a member of the jury that said, you know, well, I want to go home, or, you know, the guy with the Vietnam hat, you know, was he really, you know, you have to, you just have to wonder, like, how could a jury buckle like that? I, I could never, with my conscience, say, yeah, three years for for a, a, a demo guilty. Like, how could someone, and it it, it boggles my mind because your average person is peaceful. Right. But, you know, Having been there um, and, and, you know, my teeth were grinding the whole time this was going on, I think to some extent, um, you know, I'm not prepared to lay the blame entirely at the feet of the jury on this one. Um, the jury, you know, <laughs> Adamo all but said, I'm guilty. Now you've got to decide whether or not um, it's worth sending me to jail for this, whether it's worth finding me guilty. And then and the judge did. and then the judge informs them that they must apply the law. I mean, I heard the, the way that they read this stuff. It, you know, the judge didn't tell the jury about jury nullification. Nope. Adamo did, but he only spent about a minute explaining it to them. And these people have never – I mean, when was the last time a law and order played and they used jury nullification? I mean, it just it, – this isn't – why would you believe the guy with the tattoos on his hands there was talking some, about jury nullification? I forget which one it was, uh, but there was one of those court trial kind of shows Great. where they did talk about jury nullification. Awesome. But, uh, a number of the people on the jury were handed uh, jury nullification information on their way into court during jury selection. And the, the prosecutor did a very good job of painting us all as anarchists. 
it you know they basically must have believed that if they let a demo go free that it would be the end of law and order and the end of uh, society as we know it that's at least what the prosecutor wanted them to believe and i share your concerns jeremy it's really frustrating to sit there and uh, and watch this happen and wonder how someone who ostensibly is a peaceful person cuz likely these people on the jury are are you know business uh, owners and uh, local employees and neighbors and family members uh, these are likely regular folks, and to, to just see them just obediently do whatever it is the state uh, suggests to them is really frustrating, and I don't blame you for it. And I'm glad that you say that you wouldn't do that. I can tell you that uh, a friend of mine, a personal friend who I've you know known for a long time, knows about jury nullification. He was called onto a jury down in Florida, and even though he knew it, and he could have nullified on this particular case, I. I think it was a drug drug trial, but I don't recall for sure. But it was something on, on which that he could have nullified and would not have been a bad thing. Uh, he didn't. He went along with the crowd. So even if even if some of the people on that jury knew about jury nullification, yeah, maybe that Vietnam veteran managed to intimidate them into doing what they had. Who knows what that Vietnam – the Vietnam veteran might have been the last holdout. We don't know. We don't know. And we'll never know because none of the jurors were willing to talk to anybody out, uh, out back at the courthouse – now, I did see some of the footage from out back at the courthouse, and I don't know, you know, exactly how everything, how all the approaches went, but I think that the cameraman back there made a mistake because, uh, and one of them is Derek Jay, who I love very much. He's uh, you know, a, a good friend of mine and former co-host of this program. But I was hoping the, and I couldn't be there because I was stuck in the courtroom, but I was hoping that they would offer the jury members some cash to talk on camera for an interview, but instead... Folks back there already had their cameras pulled out and were recording and asking questions as the uh, the jury exited. So I feel like that's not going to increase the likelihood, kind of the, the ambush-style journalism. Probably not. I mean, while it makes for interesting video, is probably not going to increase the likelihood that you're going to get an interview out of somebody. Do you see where, do you see where I'm oh, coming yeah. from on that? So, I mean, it's always... It's always interesting to talk to these jurors, if you can possibly, and get them to answer questions. In this case, not one of them did. They scurried off to their cars and, you know, completely it's ignored the media. so easy to vilify this jury, but, I mean, you know, not one time it's was the fault. word press mentioned. Not one time was the U.S. Constitution mentioned. I mean, you know, these people didn't understand that this was a press freedom issue. They didn't—I don't even think the term accountability was mentioned very often— Thanks, Jeremy, for the call tonight, man. I I share the concerns. I hope that maybe you can help us fix this by making the move to New Hampshire, join the Free State Project, uh, get up here and get active, and maybe we can influence juries in a more positive direction. And maybe that means by getting you on one. Anyway, thanks again. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves here. 855-453 is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. 
Here with you this evening, it's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us on our website. You can head over to freetalklive.com and visit the Shrine of Female listeners there. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video proving that they are listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see that there. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Shrine shrine.freetalklive.com. Uh, you know, we just had a uh, gentleman, uh, Jeremy in Philly, bring up the Ademo trial, and we talked about it in detail last night. Uh, obviously, we weren't able to hit all the aspects of it. There was a lot that went on. It was basically a full day yesterday in uh, the court in Manchester. The video is now up at freekeen.com, and uh, you can see all of it in its raw glory. It has not been edited at this point. It's too early for uh, for a highlight reel. But, uh, Just taking the uh, jurors out of it. Yep, I know that uh, Pete Ayer from coplock.org has been given the footage. Uh, the film crew that was there yesterday from Poland and Vermont, uh, were, they were also given footage. I know Bo, Bo Davis, uh, who's the editor of Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree, also has footage. So there's a lot out. There's a lot of footage out there, including stuff that I wasn't privy to because I was in the courtroom the whole time. So there was some things that went on outside. Or I was in the courtroom most all the time, but there were things that went on outside, like in the back of the courthouse, after the, uh, the jurors were let out the back sally port, so the the same place that the prisoners convicts leave you, yeah, in and out. They let the juror on uh, the jurors out there, and so you'll see more of this as time goes on, and uh, more footage will be posted over at freekeen.com. But the full HD uh, quality raw footage is all there if you want to go and take a look at the actual trial and some of the things that went on during the breaks, uh, during the times when the judge wasn't in there, some of the conversations and uh, confrontations that were happening with the bailiffs, all of that was captured as well. So you'll be able to see that. A lot of people uh, viewing that today, I uh, saw some comments. Oh, excellent. So there was one thing I, I thought that was worthy of pointing out. Mark, you mentioned something about a demo and his defense and how it wasn't uh, something that excited you, and uh, and I, you know, I think that even he admitted last night when he called us yep. that he wasn't at the top of his game. I just don't want people. I mean, it's so easy to get really depressed about this jury and you know the life in general and all those things. When hey, you know, the response, the responsibility in life to some extent falls on you. What do you mean? It's his responsibility to some extent how the outcome of this trial came. Okay, but we've also seen juries convict uh, Bob Constantine, Weta Claus, who you know did a great job defending sure. himself. Juries have uh, a tendency to, uh, you know, split the charges. With uh, Bob Constantine, he did not get the worst of the uh, convictions, and he got a, a smaller misdemeanor charge when he could have gotten a felony that would have put him away for years. In this case, Adamo was found guilty on all three felonies, including one where he spoke to a secretary for seconds while being put through, as yeah. if uh, wiretapping her was, uh, you know, worthy of a seven-year sentence was what was potential, what this jury found him guilty on. Well, I see where you're coming from. Obviously, you know, different tactics may result in different uh, results. And maybe we'll get to see somebody do a different job at this wiretapping thing as Will Kostrick, who is uh, an activist who made a bit of a name for himself by open carrying a weapon in Portsmouth back in the 2008 campaign during Obama's campaign visit here. Um, he is planning on recording an audio phone call to a police officer and then sending the recording to the very same prosecutor that prosecuted a demo and challenging him to take him on in court. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and if you know, he has any more success with a different jury. But uh, there was one point on which I really agreed with you, and that is that pandering to the Constitution is something that should be done. 
uh, when you are on def- when if you're a defendant in a case and you're sitting in front of a jury, it probably won't do anything for the judge. Uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to try, but you know, judges are going to convict you no matter what. The Constitution uh, is holy writ. To a lot of people, they have that feeling, especially when you've got uh, a prosecutor who's you know trying to make it look like the state is wonderful and the state is good and yeah. you know that we need but the, the state, state isn't following its own rules. Yeah, so so pointing out the state's rules. I mean, I would have taken this all the way back to the Gutenberg Press um, if 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 this was me. Now remember. I'm too much of a coward to do this stuff. I'm not going to get on the telephone and uh, call these people and, you know, record it and and bother with it. You know, after seeing yesterday, I can tell you, I'm sorely tempted to get on that phone and see if I can find me, uh, you know, specifically that prosecutor. But, you know, some government bureaucrat to get on the phone, tell them about my kid, record the call and then send the uh, the audio to the uh, in the video to the prosecutor to Mm -hmm. see if he'll come down on me for it. You know, the reason we know that if a demo would have put a conversation with these people, this is another point he did not make to the jury, which is pretty relevant. If he would have had a conversation with these people about how he agreed hoo-ha with that cop throwing that kid on the, the table, this wouldn't have happened. He was found guilty for disagreeing. Yeah, it's true. He was charged for disagreeing, at least. Yep. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> if it would be interesting, the prosecutor is not going to go after you if you, uh, you know, say, hey, good job, buddy. Uh, exactly. By the way, I recorded you and didn't tell anybody, but I put it on the Internet and well, well me saying you did a good job. Yeah, it's like uh, when we were driving to the trial, they have these overpasses here and there uh, along the road. And one of them's got like, welcome home, Sergeant so-and-so. You know, you've seen these things before, yeah. right? And there's this, this, you know, this welcome home banner has been there for longer than I can remember. Yeah, it's been here. The one on it Route 9? Been, it's been on Route 9 and so, it has been there for years. I suggested to the, the activists. I think it's a PFC, by the way, a private first class. Whatever. I suggested to the activists that, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to make up our own banner of whatever, you know, political message. Uh, and put, See how long that thing stays. Put it up on the same overpass and then see how long that one stays up. Or, because I think they would take that one down. You know, if you had like taxes equals theft or something sure. simple like that. Uh, so, yeah, clearly anytime you agree with the state, oh, it's fine. You can do whatever. But uh, if you go against them, then it's dangerous to your freedom. But the point I wanted to make was about the uh, the Constitution and pandering to it. Uh, there were a lot of good constitutional points that could have been made. Freedom of the press could have been brought up uh, that could have been kind of relied on for this. And that wasn't. And uh, And in my experience, when we did talk to a juror in New Hampshire the one time – We've been able to talk to a juror in New Hampshire. Was juror after, Jim. Juror Jim. That's right. You can go to uh, YouTube and look for Juror Jim Tells All. He was on uh, Jim Johnson's trial, and Jim Johnson's a good friend of the show, does a lot of maintenance at the LRN.FM studios. Uh, he's a great guy. And he did not really, in his trial, approach things from a constitutional perspective at all with the jury. And there was a guy who when we interviewed him afterwards, expressed that he would have liked to have heard about the Constitution. He would have liked to have heard about how you know, it was a violation of the Constitution, what the government did or whatever, but he didn't know enough about the Constitution you know, on his own to really kind of make a, de- a decision about that. And so he ended up finding him guilty. And maybe he would have changed his mind had, you, uh, you know, had the individual appealed to sort of constitutional principles. And I get it that it's difficult for somebody like a demo to do that because a demo's like you know a total outside the system person. You know, he's not somebody who's going to go and vote. He's not somebody well, who's. You can easily sit there and say, you know, I don't think the Constitution's done a very good job of guaranteeing us freedoms. I believe that you know 
in, in many ways, there are fewer freedoms in the United States than there used to be. And the Constitution hasn't changed. So to me, the Constitution is a poor uh, protector of freedoms. But if you believe in the Constitution and you believe in the freedom of press, you could make a political statement like that. But I don't know if it would help you. I don't know that it would or wouldn't, but I mean, you could then then you begin the argument for the Constitution at that point. Uh, look, the Constitution is a document intended to limit the government, not limit individuals' freedoms. And in the Constitution, right. it claims. I mean, you don't have to say and, the Constitution's great. It's uh, you know, it's handed down to Abraham Lincoln on Mount Vernon, um, you know, in 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 these four tablets or whatever. Right, and you can always ask, you know, a famous question like certainly of the officers. I doubt the school. Uh, I doubt the school principal. Would have sworn an oath to the Constitution. But if there are cops testifying, you can always ask them, did you swear an oath to the Constitution? And they're usually going to say yes. If they don't, then it looks pretty awful uh, when, when they don't. So I think there's always that constitutional angle. That I'd still ask the principal. I would too. Yeah. You know, I mean, really? The, 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 the principal of a school isn't swearing an oath to the Constitution? I believe that she probably is. But then again, I don't, I don't know if uh, administrative she, bureaucrats are required to. I don't think she – I think she said she didn't swear an oath. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. 855-450-FREE. But, you know, that would really motivate some people that are arch statists. She, she didn't swear an oath to the Constitution. Yep, 855-450-FREE. Remember, you gotta pan, you got to pander to these jurors. Unfortunately, they are statist-minded. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Coming up, teens ticketed for chalking. The uh, chalking crackdown continues as we've seen more and more people being arrested and or ticketed for using chalk in public. 855, I don't mean like snorting it. I mean using it on the sidewalk and rocks and... Is that one of the the terms that the kids use for drugs? Chalk? I don't know, Mark, but it sounds like they could. 855. You should stay away from hip phrases. 855-450-3733. Sports and entertainment, too. Let's continue, though. Uh, There's news here about another dog shot by the police. It's... Happens so often, it's almost not news anymore. But this one, <laughs> it, it really—I don't mean to laugh. It really is getting to the point that yeah. at this point, cop shoots dog, not news. The uh, news here is—I I looked it up at one point. It was like hundreds of thousands of results for cop shoots dog. I believe it. There is uh, there's no shortage of stories about this, but this story is a little different from the average dog shooting story. It's from Courthouse News Service. Two and a half million results. After breaking down doors and shooting the family dog in Minneapolis, CN? CN. Is that Canada somewhere? The hell is Minneapolis CN? I don't know. Well, anyways. Oh, St. Paul, Minnesota is apparently where this happened. Anyway, after breaking down doors and shooting the family dog, a drug task force forced handcuffed children to sit next to the carcass 
of their dead and bloody pet oh. for more than an hour and kept searching even after they knew they were raiding the wrong home, according to the family as they have filed a claim in federal court. All nine occupants of the home, including the three children, sued the officers, the state and Ramsey County, in federal court. Defendants include members of the Dakota County Drug Task Force, the St. Paul Police Force, and a DEA agent. Lead plaintiff Roberto Franco claims the task force raided the wrong house. They should have gone next door. Franco claims that the task force officer Sean Scoville, who orchestrated the raid, quote, provided false information to a Minnesota district court judge in order to obtain a search warrant. Defendant Scoville lied when he informed the district court judge who reviewed Scoville's search warrant application that Scoville had obtained information from the confidential informant that the plaintiff's home was a properly targeted house and the address and the identity of the individuals who resided there were the plaintiffs. The complaint adds that the search warrant specifically named Rachel, or excuse me, Rafael uh, Ibarra as the intended target suspect. Plaintiff Robert Franco was not named in the search warrant, nor was any person who actually lived in the raided house named in the warrant. There was never a mention of Plaintiff Robert Franco in any documents related to the raid search warrant. Hmm. The plaintiff had never been discussed or considered a suspect by law enforcement, Scoville, or any of the defendants directly involved or indirectly involved relative to any alleged involvement by Franco in distribution of contraband prior to the wrong house raid. Now, the man they were looking for, Mr. Ibarra, did live in the next door home, according to Franco. He says Ibarra's name, not his, was on the warrant. But on the night of July 13th, 2010, the task force broke down the Franco's door, negligently raiding the home of the plaintiffs by raiding the wrong house and physically brutalizing all of the above-named occupants of said house. Even after learning that they were in the wrong home, the complaint says the drug busters stayed in the Franco's home and continued to search. They handcuffed all of the inhabitants, because you never know, you might come up with a bag of pot. <laughs> right. They handcuffed all the inhabitants of the plaintiff's home, except plaintiff Annalise. Or an unregistered gun. That's a possibility, too. Uh, except plaintiff Annalise Franco, who is forced virtually naked from her bed onto the floor at gunpoint by officers of the St. Paul Police Department SWAT team and officers of the St. Paul Police Department. You know they like doing that stuff. You know, take the woman of the house and make sure she has to stay in her skivvies. That kind of thing. They 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 do seem to as as I've heard. Well, they, they like to catch people in a vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. They're less likely to act out in that circumstance. They they want to catch you in a vulnerable position. She was held at gunpoint, uh, forcibly. Uh, let's see. T- they terrorized her. Each plaintiff was forced onto the floor at gun and rifle point, handcuffed behind their backs. That's uh, kind of like being hogtied. Defendants shot and killed the family dog and forced the handcuffed children to sit next to the carcass for more than an hour. One child was kicked in the side, by the way, handcuffed and searched at gunpoint. Another girl, also, uh, let's see, a diabetic, was handcuffed at gunpoint and prevented by an officer from obtaining and taking her medication, thus inducing a diabetic episode as a result of low blood sugar levels. Boy, she's lucky that didn't turn into something, too. Um, you know, we've, we've read so many stories where police don't know how to react to uh, somebody going into diabetic shock. Yeah, frequently, they'll beat the crap out of them it, it there's certainly been no shortage of stories where that happens during their illegal search officers found a 22 revolver in the basement bedroom of the plaintiff uh the go- the cops improperly attributed the possession of said weapon to another plaintiff because there was a two i guess there are two men in the house and arrested him plaintiff roberto franco was wrongfully convicted of the alleged offense and is currently incarcerated with the minnesota department of corrections mark you were uh, yeah so there you go they did find a gun it wasn't even the man who owned the home's gun but they went ahead and charged him with it anyway 
In summary, the complaint states that defendants improperly and illegally remained in the home, defendants being the police, in the home of plaintiffs, searching and seizing items despite the fact they learned they had raided the wrong house. Defendant Sean Scoville intentionally perjured himself in his sworn testimony on the witness stand and at the suppression hearing at the trial of the plaintiff. Defendant Sean Scoville, the police officer, intentionally misrepresented the facts of the criminal case in all of the documents following the, the arrest. So just basically trying to cover his butt. Uh, now, this Sean, is what the lawsuit is claiming, that's right? That's right. Okay. He intentionally misrepresented. At this point, this is a lawsuit and these are allegations. Yep. And they all sound believable to me. Defendant Sean Scoville intentionally misrepresented the facts in the state's criminal uh, criminal complaint against the plaintiff, uh, Gilbert Castillo, the other guy in the house, when he said that Castillo did not state that the confiscated weapon belonged to Castillo. And then he perjured himself, the police officer did, Sean Scoville, when he testified in the suppression hearing at the trial of the plaintiff, Franco, that Scoville had received a text message from the confidential informant, which stated that the address of the house to be raided was the house address that Scoville had placed on the search warrant. They had identified and raided the wrong home. Parents say the three children suffered traumatic emotional and personal injuries that require therapy. They're demanding $10 million for civil rights violations and $20 million in punitive damages. The sad part of this is is that uh, you know if this is the circumstance, these police officers are not going to have to pay these fines. Nope. These fines are going to go to the taxpayers of the city of Minneapolis or St. Paul, whichever one it is, and I'm not entirely sure. Uh, they're close enough that I guess that uh, you can kind of fudge it a little bit. Um, and you know, I mean, this. I, I guess it, there certainly be some level of uh, punishment there. I'm sure the police officers are going to look silly, and uh, people in the department are going to know they made they got caught making a mistake. But I, you know, are are you know, they may be passed over for promotions or something like that. But or maybe they'll get a medal. It, maybe they'll get a promotion. There's maybe. no short. Well, oftentimes they'll give medals and promotions to officers who are accused of things before they, um, you know, whatever it comes to trial. That way, they're a meritorious officer. You saw in a demo's trial how they, uh, you know, they they brought the the sergeant up there and said, "How long have you been a police officer?" Well, 24 and a half years mm-hmm. and eight, eight, 24 years, eight months or something like that. He said, "And what did you do before that?" Well, I went to school for, and I got a bachelor's degree in criminal justice, which isn't some Mickey Mouse degree like communications. It's a real degree, and uh, you know, whatever. And they just. You know, they try to build these guys up. Well, and have you ever received any commendations for your work? Why, yes, I got a meritorious mm-hmm. medal of valor for, you know, my work in the police department. So they'll they'll often do this. They'll give a uh, an award to a police officer before they have some kind of situation like this in order to give them a better chance in front of the jury. Sure. Well, in fact, if you go into a police department or in a lot of government bureaucracies, even in the, the jail that Adamo is being held in, the Valley Street Jail in Manchester. You walk right into the lobby there. They've got a huge trophy center where you can look at all the the trophies that they've awarded to one another. I mean, it's not like these trophies have been given by anyone on the outside for outstanding uh, duty or anything like that. It's all internal stuff, right? So, right. The, the Ian, department. I'd like to present you with the meritorious award on great broadcasting. Mark, you are the best salesman of the entire industry. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's just, it's ludicrous. Yeah. And so it's, and it's all, it's also ostentatious and ornate. Uh, they, you know, they have literally a wall of trophies. I'm not exaggerating at all. Yeah. You know, and at least in the Keene Police Department, there are trophy walls back in the back where no one in the public can actually see it. Uh, like, I've taken a, a tour of the Keene Police Department before. You've they, done gone on ride, ride-alongs and things like that. 
I have actually gone on a ride along. I've been in the back of a police car for uh, you know arrest reasons, but I've also been on a ride along and sit out, sat in the front of uh, of a car. But it, it wasn't the ride along that we were touring. They uh, uh, they just let Sam Dodson and I go back there once. So it was uh, Shane Maxfield, one of the more friendly officers to us, took lieutenant us back. Lieutenant or kinda, captain or yeah, something. Yeah, a lieutenant. He took us back and kind of just showed us the facility and took us through. And you know, we asked questions. We had a video camera and everything like that. They sure, certainly wouldn't let me do that today, but uh, they once uh, once upon a time did, and they had you know the trophy area where the Keene Police Department gives each other trophies and they pat each other on the back. And you know it's fine to award employees for doing a good job; that makes sense. You know there's there's some value in that recognizing employees that are that are doing a good job. Sure, but it seems like the government guys really go above and beyond the call of duty when it comes to awarding themselves things. Eight five zero, excuse me, eight fifty. 855-450-FREE 1-855-450-3733 If you've listened to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer that now embraces the ideas of liberty, and now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign up to $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat. If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com. This was paid for by friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching second hour of the program. You can take control here, 855-453. Maybe there's something in the news you want to talk about or just something you want to get out there, an idea, an opinion. We're here for you. 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. As we continue with other news, for those of you just tuning in, uh, we kind of talked about everything from the police shooting the family dog to our friend Adamo uh, back in in his trial that he uh, was at yesterday where he was found guilty of three counts of felony wiretapping by a very obedient jury that basically did what they were told. They uh, did not uh, do jury nullification when they totally could have, and they convicted Adamo. Luckily, the judge was a relatively easygoing judge and uh, sentenced Adamo to 90 days in jail. Concurrent with, with his uh, current sentence, so maybe another 20 days We or believe so? he may be in for approximately another month. Uh, worst case, he'll be in for another 60 days. But uh, and now Adamo is sitting in jail again, and hopefully we'll look forward to having him on the show uh, after he gets out, and maybe he'll check in with us. So there was that, and uh, you can also bring up anything you want, of course. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. We also talked about the automotive bailout, which is uh, you know ab- abject failure. But don't worry, they're going to do another one probably at some point for some other industries. Now, in other news, chalking is back in the news. It wasn't what last week that we were talking about the mom who was chalking on the rocks with her daughter out at the beach 
and uh, she's been was, found guilty. Was arrested, found she, guilty. She and, found guilty with her. I, I don't know that the mother actually did any drawing, according to the story. Uh, it was just the four-year-old daughter. But that mom was, got charged. Mom was charged for the four-year-old daughter doing something. Yeah. Because you're responsible for the actions of your children? I think I you're kind of pushing it there. I mean, to some extent, I think you are responsible. I do not, how, however, think that uh, chalk on rocks right. is... I, I mean, What's it's just, the damage? Yeah, just not a dam- damage. I mean, it's chalk not like on the, rocks by the water where waves are likely to right, wash it away. Right. I mean, you know, it's not like the kid was hanging from a scaffolding, uh, you know, drawing a mustache on George Washington on Mount Rushmore or anything there, like there. I mean, you know, just they're coloring rocks pink. So the other news is that now they're going after more people. This is a different town, of course. This one, Doylestown, Pennsylvania, according to CBS. On the streets of Doylestown, Connor Logan. Never expected his artwork would get so much attention. He said, I kind of started to draw a shape and it looked like a turtle, so I just went with it. When the Central Bucks West graduate and his 17-year-old buddy, no, so we're not talking about, we're not talking about little boys here. No. Nope. Uh, but it also doesn't sound like he was uh, chalking, you know, F.U. cops or something like that. Nope. He was just drawing a turtle. So when they spotted some chalk on the side of North Clinton Street Tuesday night, so they're claiming they didn't even bring it there on purpose, their teenage imagination took hold. They drew outlines of a whale and sea turtles on the street. But their fun didn't last. Just before midnight, police officers spotted Logan and his friend, and the two were ticketed for criminal mischief. I've seen graffiti around town. It's a problem, this according to the young man. So he doesn't agree with uh, graffitiing. He says that I think that the fact that I got a ticket for drawing with sidewalk chalk might be a little much. I'm just going to pay the fine, and it's not going to be a big deal. Well, that's the problem, Logan. Just so you know, Connor, I guess Connor's his name, Connor Logan. Connor, if you're listening to this right now, don't pay the fine, buddy. Because it's people just doing what you're doing that is rolling over for the police that allows this stuff to go on. I understand. You don't want to go to court. It's scary. It's intimidating. Judges are, you know, particularly nasty. They try to teach you a lesson. You know, you and, young, and nobody likes a teenager. <laughs> you young men, you guys, you know, we've got to put running a stop around to this. being first, young and male. First, it's chalking, then it's heroin. I mean, what? Anyway. I, it's 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 absolutely ludicrous. I mean, these kids were drawing whales and sea turtles. Yeah. I I mean, I Maybe just the don't cop get it. Thought he was drawing a fat cop or something like that on the on the street and got upset. Doylestown Borough Police Department did not return phone calls from CBS News. Neighbors spotted the two don't drawing. Worry, they don't feel responsible for responding to you anyway. And thought nothing of it. So the neighbors claim they didn't call the cops. They say police have Was it more late important. at night? It was at night, yes. Uh, neighbors say the police have more important crimes to worry about. Mike Conson, who's one of the neighbors, said, I thought it was pretty whimsical and fun. I got a kick out of it. They were very pleasant people, meaning the boys. And I think that you'd be hard-pressed to find a neighbor who was offended by what they did. Absolutely ridiculous, said a different neighbor, Carl Orberg. It makes no sense at all, and Doylestown is some crime now, unlike in the past. For them to worry about stuff like that, it's ludicrous. It's what they can catch. Well, yeah. These kids weren't running away. (laughs) They were drawing turtles and whales with chalk. Right. Yeah, the cop probably rolled up on the scene with his uh, spotlight, boop, boop, and uh, they probably walked right over to talk to the police. These guys are not hard targets in any way, shape, or form. Logan says he's going to pay the fine and move past this as quickly as his, as he can. He says his days as an artist are over. Instead, he will focus on engineering in college. So there you go. Yeah, I, you know, made, you've made another person cynical towards the criminal justice system. You know, this kid just 
you know, he's just going to move on. This is this is how the government makes itself irrelevant. Your thoughts marginalizes and sidelines itself. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we've seen chalk arrests from here in New Hampshire, where our friend Adamo is actually currently in jail on a sentence for chalking. That was the original reason he went to jail. He was Now, you know, Adamo was chalking on the side of a police department. So it's easier to make the argument that Adamo was involving himself in something more offensive than, say, a girl, you know, four-year-old girl chalking on the rocks right. at a beach. It was intended to be offensive because it was a protest against police brutality. Right. And I think it still should have been allowed because it's chalk and it's public property. But at least there's an argument to be made there. There's at least an argument that, you know, it'd be one thing if they chalked on the sidewalk, chalking on the side of the building, more graffiti-like, so therefore more offensive, therefore it's a crime. I'm not with it. I don't agree with it. But it's a better position. In the case of the little girl chalking on the rocks, it's completely indefensible. In the case of the uh, teenagers chalking on the street, it's completely indefensible. And there was some situation where uh, I think it was in Florida where somebody was, uh, you know, somebody was awarded like a hundred thousand dollars for a conviction for chalking. Right. They uh, they went and they sued and they won. Uh, so yeah, we've seen a whole range. We've seen we see a guy sitting in jail for two months. We've seen somebody win a case as far as uh, getting cash from uh, from the state. Most of it all went to the lawyers, but a win's a win. And, and now, you know, teenagers being handed criminal mischief, excuse me, criminal mischief uh, citations. Now, I don't know. Uh, this is, again, Doylestown, Pennsylvania, where this happened. I don't know what criminal mischief is considered, if it's a violation or a misdemeanor there. But it's certainly possible this young man's pleading guilty to a misdemeanor if he's just going to go and pay the fine. Does he understand that that's part of uh, paying a fine? Is that when you just I suspect pay a fi- not. When you just pay a fine, you are pleading guilty. That is not going to be expunged from your record unless the court promises that. If the court tells you, "Well, look, son, you just pay this fine, we'll expunge it from your record." Well, that's total extortion in that case, but uh, you know, they they do that stuff sometimes, right? And it, the article doesn't mention it. Maybe that's what's on the table. So, uh, so there you go. More chalking uh, arrests around this country. I mean, how much more ridiculous can things get? We've seen stories about an old lady, uh, you know, old ladies being arrested for the grass being too tall in front of their house. A uh, woman being charged with a crime for having a garden in the front uh, front yard of her home. Uh, you've got this chalking situation where teenagers are being charged with chalking. Kids are being hit with uh, Class C misdemeanors down in Texas in the, in the in the hundreds and thousands. Like a lot of lot of kids, numbers of kids being uh, hit with Class C misdemeanors for doing stuff like speaking during class and being late for class, mooning, drawing on desks, mooning some kids out of the bus window i mean just what other more absurd examples of how far the police state has gone can there possibly be chalking is a crime criminal mischief for drawing with chalk on the sidewalk i mean it really how can it get more ridiculous Charging the mother of a four-year-old daughter with this. Charging teenagers who were not... At, I mean, they couldn't even make the allegation that those kids were writing F.U. At least they couldn't th- even have... They didn't even have that on their side. At least kids can open up lemonade stands out in front of their houses. Not all the time. <laughs> no, no, most of the time. Uh, although Lemonade Liberation Day is coming up this Saturday. It's a good thing you brought that up, Mark. Uh, it's happening in Washington, D.C. and maybe in a town near you. Maybe you can make it happen. Uh, Lemonade Liberation Day this uh, this Saturday is going to allow young people to get the entrepreneurial spirit and uh, get out there and sell some lemonade and hopefully not be arrested by or molested by or threatened by the police. Uh, 
last Lemonade Liberation Day, no one who was of a child age was threatened. There were three activists who were uh, young adults that were arrested in Washington, D.C. So they're going to be reprising things in D.C. this Saturday. And they're going to be adding raw milk to the package. I Hopefully they're not adding the milk to the lemonade, but you get the drift. More coming up. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-450-FREE. Maybe you're someone who thinks chalking should be illegal and that teenagers should not be allowed to draw fish with chalk, because that's what's happened in uh, Philadelphia, or excuse me, Pennsylvania. Uh, You're welcome to comment on that or bring up anything you want, 855-450-FREE. You can also join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. At the top of the website's banner column, you're going to find a banner for SACL CAI. And if you own a business and you need some help with collections, you should click that banner learn more about SACL. Yeah, SACL CAI. You can see their, uh, well, it, it's relatively newly designed website. It uh, looks really good. They they handle collections, early out billing. They purchase charged off receivables. They treat your customers with respect. They have the best equipment money can buy. They record every call so that you know if there's some kind of problem, you can go back and listen. It's SACL CAI, and you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. All right, so uh, we're going to get to a story here in a moment about giving away free bottled water and how apparently that's illegal in some places. Uh, Mark, you've got that piece. But I had asked the question uh, to the universe a moment ago about how much more ridiculous can this get? I mean, you've got teenagers who are being charged with criminal mischief for chalking and not even chalking anything offensive. They were chalking outlines of whales and uh, turtles and things like that. So... Chalking, I would say, well younger than you would expect them to uh, to chalk. You'd expect a teenager to be like, F you, pigs, or, uh, you know, something offensive. But no, they were just chalking pictures of animals. They were charged with criminal mischief. And my question was, well, we've seen just so many outrageous, ridiculous stories about how the police are just hurting peaceful people. They go after young people in their lemonade stands. A 13-year-old uh, was stopped recently from operating a hot dog stand in Holland, Michigan. Uh, you've got them going after elderly people uh, for you know having their grass growing too high. I mean, it just, never, it just never stops. The ridiculousness just continues. And so I asked the question, well, how much more absurd can this get? Well, lo and behold... During the break, I found a story, and it's right on the front page of freetalklive.com, where you can actually control the content of the website. So this was submitted uh, by one of our uh, Free Talk Live listeners, by Deslock Darkstar, and it is a story from foxnews.com, where a seven-year-old Connecticut girl will lose her 20-pound pet rabbit if North Haven officials get their way. Zoning Enforcement Officer Arthur Hausman issued a cease and desist order to the Lidsky family two weeks ago, informing them that they were violating town zoning regulations because their property was smaller than the two acres required to keep rabbits and other types of livestock. More than 1,800 people have signed an online petition demanding that town officials allow Caden Lidsky to keep the three-year-old Flemish giant rabbit named Sandy. Caden's father, Josh, has vowed to appeal the order and is angered that town officials have upset his daughter. 
Caden said, I'm wondering here, uh, now some people keep rabbits as pets like cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly they're less common than cats and dogs, but they're probably more common than pigs. Chickens. Uh, yeah, but chicken, chickens as pets. As pet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're probably more common than chickens, but chickens certainly, you know, they make the they make chickens for pets. Rabbits so. are cute. Kids like rabbits. Yep. Makes sense. Not likely you're going to get chomped on or something like that. I don't want the bunny to go, said Caden, according to the petition on Change.org. Caden told the uh, WTIC-TV that she's not a mean bunny. She doesn't bite people. She only licks. North Haven First Selectman Michael Freda says town officials are not trying to take the bunny away from the girl, but are instead trying to get Josh Litsky to respond to neighbors' complaints about blighted conditions on his property. In May, town officials so that's that's how you get a man to respond to uh, you know how his house uh, maybe is allegedly trashed. Let's say his yard has uh, some well, junk in it. I don't trust these people. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was uh, cited for having a junk vehicle because mm-hmm. I had changed the plates over from one car to another. This was in Keene, right? No, this was in uh, Sarasota, Florida. Oh, okay. Um, in Manatee County in Sarasota, gotcha. Florida, where I was cited for a junk car for a BMW. Yeah. <laughs> a fully functional BMW convertible in my driveway was called a junk vehicle. So I don't trust these people when they say blighted, blighted. conditions. I mean, does the does the rabbit have an outdoor hutch? Does this bother some people? You can believe that there are neighborhoods out there where somebody would really hate the idea of a rabbit hutch out on somebody's back in somebody's backyard. It does have a hutch, as a matter of fact. Uh, but then again, I also don't believe when they claim that they're actual neighbors that are complaining. Yeah, I don't believe that either. In my case... The neighbor who complained about my tenants having a couch out in their lawn was someone who lived way down the street and who also happens to be a government bureaucrat with the local uh, city government. Also a government bureaucrat with with whom you had an exchange on a radio radio. program. So it really looked remarkably a government bureaucrat who had been living there for some time driving by this uh, situation for many, many months and didn't say anything, but then right after you know your exchange, it comes down. In May, town officials inspected the property and asked Lidsky to take several actions, including removing the rabbit hutch, replacing missing siding on his house, and repairing an unfinished addition. Litsky says he's appealing Hausman's order about the rabbit to the town's zoning board of appeals, but he is willing to clean up his yard. He says, the whole story is about my daughter and the bunny. This is hitting below the belt. I want the bunny to stay yeah. on the property for my daughter's sake. It sounds like it's hitting below the belt to me. Linda Thibault, president of the Hopalong Hollow Animal Rescue Service, started the online petition on Change.org. She told the register uh, this, uh, that uh, the situation with North Haven zoning is ridiculous. We're not talking about a breeder or multiple rabbits. We're talking about one pet bunny who is obviously beloved and well cared for. But this is a great example of just who these people are, these government people. I mean, they're telling you, look, you know it's not really about the bunny. We just want Mr. Lidsky to clean up his property, so we're using the bunny as the uh, you know the crux. We're using it as the yeah. pressure point. This is what it's a hostage. We're going to pick on your daughter, your three-year-old Seven. daughter. Seven. Sorry, what? Seven. seven. Oh, it's three-year-old bunny. Seven. The bunny's three. Daughter's seven. Yeah. We're going to pick on she your... She seemed rather articulate for a three-year-old. Yeah. We're going to pick on your seven-year-old daughter. We're going to make your daughter cry to get you to clean up your house. I bet this do- this woman, this little girl has cried about this. I mean, you know, the quote, yeah. the quote here about, she's a good bunny. She, she's not a mean bunny, she told WTIC-TV. She doesn't bite people. She only licks. You know, so she thinks that they're taking her bunny from her because, uh, you know, she's going to bite somebody or something like that. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just horrifying. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, imagine this. I mean, you've got a four-year-old. Oh, I can totally imagine right. this. Absolutely, I can imagine this. You've got a four-year-old son, and uh, he loves the the dog and the cat in the, in the house. Uh, the, the pigs, maybe. I don't know how he feels about the pigs, but... He likes to uh, look at them. Yeah, I mean, he likes these animals, and it would be absolutely devastating to have uh, you know these agents come in and uh, and threaten to take away your dog or the cat from the home because of some other nonsense. It absolutely would. I mean, Jack would be very upset in that circumstance. And you know, this is this is exactly what they they would do. Look, look, do what we say, or the bunny gets it. Yep. I mean, like I said, and and you know, many people out the statists out there are saying, "Well, who cares? Just go ahead and fix the side of your house and yeah. take care of what the bureaucrats want." And then your then your daughter. I mean, it's this guy who's causing the trauma to a, to uh, his daughter, like the not the right, not the not the government. Yeah. It, it what it does is it takes away completely the willpower of these bureaucrats. It turns them into a force of nature. You know, it's like suggesting that when a tree's falling, you should get out of its way. It's not a tree falling. It's a person swinging an axe at you. Right. But it's all your fault because you didn't do what that person ordered you to do in the first place. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe you would like to share your ridiculous zoning story. That's 1-855-450-3733. Take control here. This is Free Talk Live. Take your calls about anything you want at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com, and you can actually take control of the content of the site. You find something you want to share with other Free Talk Live listeners, submit it there, and then vote. Uh, you can vote on different items. Vote them up, vote them down. Uh, the most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. So head over and get interactive. It's all completely free. In fact, uh, some of those features that are free include the uh, bulletin board system where you can go and interact directly with other listeners in our forum. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com to do that. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Bitcoins, they are a new online digital currency where you can send and receive money without any fees, without anybody being involved, no banks or no government agencies telling you, you know, that you can't do business with this person or that they're going to freeze your account or that they're taking a little bit of the deal or whatever it is that they might do uh, to your money. They can't. Bitcoins are mathematically impossible for anyone to mess with your account. It's impossible for them to, to counterfeit. It's impossible for them to be inflated by no person can inflate them. And you can find out more by we, going to weusecoins.org. And if you want to get Bitcoins, and I recommend you do, I think that Bitcoins, you're going to see an appreciation over time here. And, um, you know, I, you've got to diversify. I've got, uh, you know, I've got some stocks in an IRA and, you know, they're laying there flopping around like a fish. They're just, it's disgusting. I've got uh, some metals, which I believe are going to be uh, moving upwards. And I'm counting on Bitcoins. I really do think they're going to move, uh, move upwards. You know, hey, it's just me. I'm talking to some people who understand, uh, you know, understand Bitcoins. They're giving me the, this advice and I see it happening. You can go to bitinstant.com and get yours. 
I recommend it. BitInstant.com. All right. Uh, we're going to continue here with your calls, but actually an update coming up here in a moment on that 13-year-old boy who has uh, attempted to sell sell heart do- hot dogs, uh, saved up for a hot dog cart and was shut down by the city. We'll give you an update there. Uh, but first, Dylan is with us listening in Baltimore. Uh, you're on Free Talk Live. Dylan. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I want to give you guys a shout out just for some zoning issues. All right. Um, my, uh, I'm 30 years old, you know, moved out of town, moved down to Baltimore, but, uh, I have some, some younger siblings that are, are still residing with my parents, uh, back in Pennsylvania. So, um, one of the issues that they kind of ran into, uh, they had received some, some, uh, complaints from the police department, uh, of the local town. And there was, uh, a couple phone calls made about a vehicle that was parked on my, my parents' property, and um, it wasn't inspected as Pennsylvania requires. They they think that they, they need you to give them some money so you're allowed to actually drive your car on their, their roads that we pay for. Um, and the vehicle was actually on the property. You know, It was, it was not on the road. It wasn't in, in plain view. The only people who could really see it was, was the neighbors or actually the police who frequently patrol, patrol behind my, my parents' house. Um, there were some issues with um, my brother uh, having some, uh, as they say, uh, illegal plants. Uh, he's a young guy, you know, seventeen years old. And was it uh, was he um, before you go on? Was he growing these plants, or is it just dried no, plant material that he happened to be carrying uh, around in his pocket? He had some. He had some uh, on his person, mm-hmm. and he was uh, allegedly um, selling them to some sort of undercover informant. Oh boy. Um, so once this all started to come about, and he actually ended up getting into some trouble for that. But, sounds like it, yeah. Uh, whatever the, go ahead. That sounds like it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so um, whenever they couldn't really nail him to the wall the way that they, they wanted to, they just kind of really started harassing my parents. Mm, this happens. And uh, what, one of the things that they actually did was uh, he was uh, arrested, and they served a warrant at my parents' house, which was just absolutely the most unprofessional, uh, un, unsafe to the public thing that could have happened. Um, uh, approximately 2.30 in the afternoon, the police... Uh, apprehended my my younger sibling for uh, allegedly giving these plants or selling these plants. So um, the the guys with the guns came to my parents' home as all of the kids are getting out of school and uh, uh, and showing their force. You know, we're we're the police of this town, and we're gonna we're gonna show you who's in control. We're gonna carry out all of our big guns and and go through your home, but. So they really, he kind of got off on a lot of things because my parents did a really good job of fighting it. But after that, then the, the police just continued really to harass them. And um, they, they came up with this kind of BS, uh, well, this car is parked illegally uh, on the property. It needs to be uh, inspected. But mm. the whole time, there's actually a vehicle that's been parked on the public roadway right down the street that the police have done nothing about. It's been parked there for several years. Uh, in, in a public area, and sure. I, the, the vehicles aren't inspected, but they're using this this tactic where they harass my my family. Um, sure, they're under they no could, obligation to enforce the zoning ordinances equally across uh, any given area. Yeah, they they can leave your they can leave your uh, you know the the neighbors alone and go right after you all they want. Absolutely, completely legal for them to do that, and it's not a surprise either because they don't like it when people uh, you know don't just capitulate for them. They don't like it when people yeah. don't just roll over. And like you said, your parents fought this, and they actually managed to beat apparently some of the. They're charges. bad people. 
They're bad people. They should have turned over their son to law enforcement because God knows he'd be a better person after he got a conviction, probably a felony, for selling some dried plant matter. And his life would be so much better after he learned this lesson. Yeah, it's it's so true. I mean, and, and I actually participated. They had um, th- this; these events didn't occur on school property. Now, my parents live directly adjacent to one of the properties that the school or the public actually owns. So um, he was still in high school at the time, and he the school actually went out of their way to kick him out of school. He was actually eventually expelled. Wow! Um, from school because for of the an pot thing activity. Go ahead. Because of the pot thing. Exactly, and none, none of it occurred on school property or during school hours. It was it, right. it was absolutely absurd. And we actually got a, a lawyer from, like Pennsylvania Board State State Board uh, Education Law, some big fancy name. And the guy did some pro bono work for my parents. And um, we went to the school board meeting, and we there was a, a statute or a law or whatever that said that this this student student isn't under your jurisdiction. And this this was repeated several times during a, a hearing that with the. The police were there who conducted the search warrant and all this. When you say it's not and, under their jurisdiction, you mean that the school board couldn't take action like they did because of what he correct. had allegedly done? Yeah, correct, because it, it, it wasn't under their jurisdiction because he wasn't on school property. It wasn't during mm-hmm. school hours. There was It had nothing to do with school, period. Well, we're seeing and, more um, and more of that, this kind of school overreach, uh, school government, government schools reaching into students. It happened to me when I was lines. in high school. It happened to me as well. Uh, there was something that, uh, you know, uh, had allegedly happened at the bus stop, which I guess, you know, I suppose while it's the bus stop, it is uh, school property, but it was, seemed like a real reach uh, to me. I got charged with a felony and it had nothing to do with school. It was nowhere near school. And they uh, they told me that it, they indefinitely suspended me and told me that they would expel me if I came on school property again. Wow. Yeah. And that's how are you helping to, to get a person a, a good education by whenever something happens, it has nothing to do with you. You're kicking them out of school and you're you're pretty much dragging their name through the mud because this is all public. I'll tell you school. how. I mean, you're kicking them out of public school. That's how you help them to get an education. Yeah, it could be I one mean, of the really, things you know, it's, it's funny. Um, you know, I mean, looking back, I was fighting to get back into public school. Yeah, and it was it's funny that you, that you bring it up, up that way because he actually ended up, he went and did like a, an online cyber school um, because both my, my parents both work. You know, they have to sure. support... They have to have some sort of monetary income to support him and and, and my other brothers. And the school really just—it was un- unbelievable what they what they really did to him. And it was funny the whole time that we're sitting in this this school board meeting because I, I took time off of work to go and, and show some support and mm-hmm. show the the school board and and the community. Hey, we're not going to take this laying down, you know. And um, there was a, a screen how like on the school board there's um, a representative of the student body. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have that also? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that before. Okay. So um, we're sitting there, and, and I'm talking to my father before the the the, uh, the hearing, and the, the student who was the representative of the body had actually been uh, in trouble for consuming alcohol with one of the athletic coaches. So here's a person who wow. should be uh, a good influence and a, a reinforcer of, of how to be a moral person, and he, he's consuming alcohol with one of his athletes, and here this person sits. On the school board yep. voting to kick my brother out of school. It's absolutely, it, it was a, it was a, a circus. Thanks for the call and thanks for sharing your story tonight, Dylan. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want to control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. 
The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Still to come here is giving away bottled water illegal? Apparently it is. I will tell you where and what happened. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we give to you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Uh, of course, you can go there and uh, you know interact in a variety of different ways. And if you like the fact that the site's for free then maybe you'll want to voluntarily support the show. And you can do that by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that you send in 3 bucks a month. We take that in, invest it into the show, get on more radio stations across the country, and bring more listeners on board with the ideas of freedom. You get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcast, and more. Go and get the details and get signed up. And make a difference for Free Talk Live, because it really does help a lot. The reason why we're on over 110 radio stations, and we should have a brand new one coming on tonight. I can't say where yet. Somewhere in Colorado. I guess I can say that, but we'll uh, we'll announce more after we know for sure that they're on board with us. Uh, but uh, we've got a bunch of stations on because of listeners like you contributing to the AMP program. It makes a big difference for us. So please, take a moment, if you haven't yet done so... If you like Free Talk Live, just go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up with any major credit card through PayPal, or you can use Visa or MasterCard right on our secure website. Once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Mike, listening in St. Louis. You're on Free Talk Live. Mike. I'm on. Yes, sir. Go ahead with your thoughts. Awesome. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, I listen to you guys a lot. I don't call in very much, but... uh... I've heard a lot of stuff about Christianity, and I just want to say something to all those people out there that call in and sound ridiculous. There's a difference between Christianity and Old Testament theology. All these people talk about, you know, homosexuals, and they harp on all this meaningless things, and they say, you know, I mean, you can't even be tattooed in the Old Testament. That's true. Leviticus 19. Jesus was supposed to change all that. Jesus did allegedly change all that. I just want to say it's two separate things. No matter if you're an atheist, a Christian, or a Jew, it doesn't matter. It's different things. Well, I, you know, I think a lot of people... you're talking about when you talk about, uh, you know, well, the gays or the this or the that, or you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. It's two separate issues. Right. You know, Jesus so the, the, the two commandments... The, the Old Testament. However you want to rectify that, or whether you want to, or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's different things. The two commandments that Jesus gave were love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I don't think that there's too many people that can argue with those. I mean, you, may, you might uh, have your, you know, finer points on it or whatever, but... Are you there? 
Yeah, can you not hear me? Apparently, he can't hear us. I'm gonna tell oh. you what. I'm gonna put Mike on hold. I don't know why that's happening. Okay, well, hey, Mike, if you can sell. if you can hear me, you can always hear this uh, this response uh, at our, you know you go to freetalklive.com. The last seven days are saved there for you. So if you call into the show, anybody who calls into the show can hear their call by going back to uh, you know the the most recent episode there. Anyway, um, you know I think that. I think that uh, the, the the two commandments, the great commandment, which is love the Lord God your, uh, with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love the, your neighbor as yourself, it's it's one that I don't have much of a problem with. Mm-hmm. New Testament Christianity still includes a belief in hell. I have a problem with that one. Um, you know, it, if, if God comes to earth, he's here for 33 years, and he roams about, and in that amount of time, he chooses Apparently, as a scholar, because at 12 years old, he was uh, you know, teaching the scholars at the temple, um, he decides not to write anything down and to leave this sort of ambiguous set of scriptures that got put together 300 years later. Um, and, you know, I mean, some people are like, well, this book, book should have been in there. That book should have been there, whatever. And leaving people wondering whether there is a hell or there isn't a hell and, you know, what it takes to get to heaven and, and all that stuff. I think that. If you wanted to be clear, if you love your children and that there's a one distinct path to heaven, and that distinct path is believe in uh, Jesus in order that you might be saved, if you if that's the case, then like it should have been really clear. It should be obvious to people, not a um, you know a, a, this you know this book that didn't exist for three hundred years worth of Christianity. For three hundred years worth of Christianity, there was no Bible. So somehow or another, those people, I guess, go to go to heaven is is the idea that we're supposed to believe. So, you know, that's where I get, uh, get you know caught up. And if I choose not to believe this book, I go and I get uh, termed, uh, you know, uh, damned eternally. And I I really have a problem with that particular belief. If you don't believe the Old Testament, and I find the Old Testament to be reprehensible stuff. If you don't believe <laughs> the Old Testament, and you don't believe people go to hell. I like your Christianity. It's fine by me. But then, are you really a Christian? Oh yeah, I think you can be. Is all you, in order to believe, in order, order to be a Christian, all you have to believe is that Jesus Christ lived and died, and that He was, you know, in divine in some manner. So, could you also could could you be a Christian and believe that uh, the Buddha and Muhammad were also divine? I think you could. Um, yeah, I think you could. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I always I, kind of... I, I think you might have to believe that Jesus is more divine than the others, but I don't think Muhammad doesn't claim to be divine. No, that's true. And uh, uh, Buddha, some people would worship and some people wouldn't. But, uh, but Buddha was clearly a man. Right. And, uh, okay, so to the definition of Christian, obviously, I think it's going to differ every time you ask a mm-hmm. Christian this. You know, how, how do you define what a Christian is? And kind of the typical one is that Jesus is your savior, right? Like that Jesus came, died for your sins, and uh, is your personal savior. That's mm-hmm. kind of typical sure. definition of a Christian. But I like the definition where a Christian is someone who is attempting to emulate Jesus. I like that definition. You are a Christian. Christ-like. You are Christ-like. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, to, to the from the perspective of that you are forgiving, from the perspective of that you are loving of your enemies, that you would turn the other cheek to uh, protect the weak. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Who can argue with that particular definition, the Christ-like definition of uh, Christianity? It seems so rare. There's the Gandhi quote that I I love your Christ. It's uh, it's your Christians Christians. that I can do without or something like that. (laughs) And I think that it just I mean, I think it's a strong statement. I think it really points out that 
there's a lot of hypocrisy in people running around claiming to be Christians. And I think that the caller pointed it out. This is the people seem, you know, these Christians who should be removing the moat from the, their eye before they're worrying about, or the, the plank from their eye before they worry about the moat in other people's, For seem sure. awfully, awfully, awfully concerned with sexual sins. Um, you know, that maybe there's been some other mix in the 2,000 years that Christianity has been around. There's been some kind of mix with these other religions that has, uh, you know, this, this uh, taint of, you know, se- sex crimes in it. What do you mean by that? Yeah, maybe, maybe it's been, a, I don't know. Christianity is, a, is an amalgamation of religions. Yeah. Uh, when you see the Virgin Mary, she's, uh, you know, uh, Ishtar or Isis or any of these other uh, mother gods that are out there. And, you know, Sunday, you know, <laughs> the Catholic Church will just tell you that, the, yeah, they just did that to appease people. Christmas trees and, you know, all kinds. Pagan of, symbols. Yeah, all kinds of pagan symbols that go with Christianity. The original Christian symbol wasn't a cross in the sky. That didn't come along until Constantine. It was a fish. The fish. The right. one, was that the one where they were drawing half the fish? And the right, the other half. And, the uh, and shepherds. I mean, yeah. these were terminology. You know, these were, these were much more peaceful symbols. The cross, it's a symbol of death. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's a symbol of torture. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like a hangman's noose Creepy. as your symbol. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it, it, a hangman's noose is much less brutal than a cross. I mean, I, I don't know, an yeah, Iron right. Maiden, a, uh, right. you know... <laughs> The stocks. I, I can't think of. I can't think of anything that's quite as brutal as the symbol of the cross. Now, admittedly, it's an attractive symbol, but when you start getting to that whole crucifix thing, where you've got a you know statue of Jesus on there bleeding and suffering, here, mm. it's macabre. So Christianity has evolved throughout the years, and. I don't know how it got this uh, particular onus on sex sins. Maybe that came from the original, um, you know, the, the original Jews. They certainly have some kind of thing going on there. They didn't seem to be bothered at all with the idea of killing people um, in the Old Testament. You can just take a look at uh, Joshua, Moses, David, these people that are held up. These are these are stone cold killers. They're disgusting. And this is who they hold up to be, you know, great folks. This is what I was taught in Christian school. You know, David's a good guy. He was likes David poetry. David and Goliath, David? Yeah, David and Goliath, um, David. He likes poetry. He's a good guy. He goes through and he slaughters uh, Saul's whole family. He, mm. you know, he he actually wages war on the, the country of Israel working for the other side. I mean, he's a... They don't teach you that part in... Uh, in oh, yeah, they do. Sunday school. They do. They just, uh, you know... The, I don't remember being taught that. All I remember is the David and Goliath oh, Sunday school. story. Yeah. In Sunday school, yeah, I don't they remember wouldn't. hearing anything about slaughter. You anyone. just get the good stuff in Sunday school. You get the uh, you know get the whale the, story, the, the Noah's and Ark, yeah, Jonah. Um, you know the ones that they, they don't really hit up on. Uh, you know the talking ass and uh, <laughs> you know, some of these silly stories. A little pot of oil that never stops. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line coming up. Bottled water, giving that stuff away. Apparently, it's illegal. Uh, I don't know where that happens. Mark, you're going to tell us the story. Yep. Here in a moment. Also, a uh, frustrated supporter of Ron Paul. Paul has a few words that he wants to share. 855-450-FREE, and we'll take your calls about anything you want. Hour 3 is next. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyAndHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. 
Now John delivers a message which he calls Your Birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it, therein referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL, and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves here. Toll-free number 855-453. It's SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we give you there. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their websites. Five, six, seven, eight bucks a month, man. We do it free. You can get all kinds of features that they probably don't even have behind their paywall for free. So go to freetalklive.com and true. enjoy. All right. So uh, bottled water. It's uh, summertime and pretty much everywhere it's hot. I mean, I was just down in Florida for a couple of days and it's not really any hotter there than it is here in New Hampshire. Really? Uh, not really. It's a little bit more oppressive uh, because of the, the humidity that kind of comes in from the Gulf of Mexico there. But uh, otherwise... Does it get cool at night? What, down in Florida? Yeah. No, I mean, it's humid at night. I mean, it, it cools off because I open my windows at night here. And one thing I've thought to myself during this summer is, glad I'm not in Florida. It does tend to get a little cooler at nighttime. That's true in New Hampshire than it does in Florida. I'll give you that. But during the daytime, the temperatures in some cases have actually been a couple degrees cooler in Florida. Um, but then again, as I say, it's a little bit more oppressive because of the extra humidity. Now, New Hampshire is a can be a kind of a humid place as well. but Certainly you, not the southwest. Right. You don't have the ocean uh, to factor in, at least not out in our port of, uh, part of New Hampshire here in the western side of the state. So, uh, you know, it's hot everywhere. And uh, when it's hot, you want to cool off. And having a bottle of water is a nice thing to, you know, it's convenient. To, they're, they're good things to have. But apparently some governments say that that's not the case. Yeah. Um, this is from World Net Daily at WND.com. I did double check. Uh, for those of you who find this to be a dubious website, I double checked this. So there's a uh, news story at uh, Fox News. And uh, another one that corroborates it someplace um, above the above top secret dot com actually uh, corroborates it. So it says Phoenix officials have until Friday to apologize for the actions of a code enforcement officer after he stopped Christians. This is a world net daily. If this had been Muslims handing out uh, bottled water, by the they'd way, they'd have been cheering it on. Yeah, they, they'd have been saying that. Uh, well, my God, they're trying to get people to drink Sharia law. <laughs> But uh, from uh, handing out bottled waters, the city festival participants on a day that reached 112 degrees. There were some uh, Christians doing this at the local county fair. I was told by uh, Keith and stuff, one of the, uh, the the activists of the year, 2009, for the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, that they were giving away bottled water. And uh, I forget which church it was. but some It was the Gideons, church. wasn't it? I don't think so. Oh. I don't recall which. I, that name is not what the name was. Okay. But uh, people were giving away bottled water. I thought that's awfully nice. What a great idea. A good way to you know get people to stop for a moment and maybe look at their tracts. Sure. 
And in this instance, uh, let's see, apparently a legal team that fights for religious and civil rights is also demanding a, a, a commitment that the city will no longer interfere with the Christian group's acts of charity, according to a letter to the city from the Rutherford Institute. Wait, 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 wait hold on. They are stopped from giving away the bottled water? That's correct. But the group wants them to leave them alone at that point? The group wants the city to leave alone the Christian group. Right. Why would they do that? Why would the city leave them alone? Because this group has gone after them. Because they've gotten national attention. Because they're Christians, for God's sake. Gotcha. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter to me what these people's religion is or what um, you know why they're giving out water. I don't care. If you want to give out water at a festival, you should be able to do that. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, you should be able to give out pizza pie. I don't care. Which um, festival was it again? I apologize. They just said that it was a festival okay. in Phoenix. Got it. So um, it says uh, going on here, it developed in July during a First Friday festival. I had uh, uh, forgotten that when I read through originally. Uh, Dana Crow Smith was giving away. Free bottles of cold water to passersby on the public sidewalk as a means of exercising her Christian beliefs. Hmm. She was moved to offer the uh, refreshment. There's so many quote, quote marks here. To people at the festival who were braving the desert scorching 112 degree heat, said the letter to the city attorney, uh, Gary Verberg. This woman could have saved a life. Could have, I suppose. Either, either way, it's a nice thing to do. According to Ms. Crow Smith, her group was approached by a neighborhood preservation inspector. A neighborhood preservation inspector. Ma'am, I'm here with the NPI. <laughs> the neighborhood preservation inspectors. Dwayne Gerson, who told them that they were violating the Phoenix City Code by giving away water without ma'am, a vendor's is, uh, permit. Ma'am, this just is not neighborly. We are the neighborhood inspectors, and uh, we're trying to preserve the neighborhood, and you I love are how, destroying the neighborhood by giving away free water. I love how you need a vendor's permit to not vend things. <laughs> I mean, the definition of vending is to sell. Right, right. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> the letter explains, in fact, Gearson insisted that giving away water was prohibited. The ban, wow. however, violates several significant uh, precedents, such as the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. I'm not sure where water giving, uh, you know, giving away water is. What's the a, source of this story again? World Net Daily? World Net Daily, yeah. <laughs> the Arizona's Freedom of Religious Exercise Act. Oh, I guess freedom of religion is what they're saying is violating. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay. I mean, I... I <laughs> then, it's my religion to give out water to people. Well, Jesus then, gave out I, wine. I, I want to know if the Rutherford Institute supports the Rastafarians' right to smoke pot. Don't go out on a limb, Mark. I'm just saying, <laughs> if it's your right as a Christian to give away water, then it's your right as a Rastafarian to smoke pot. Excellent. I agree with you completely. And as far as I'm concerned, if it's your right as a Rastafarian to smoke pot, it's your right to do anything according to your religion. It should be my right to smoke DMT. Including sacrificing your children on an altar. I think religion, the, the, the freedom of religion is uh, often used as a mm-hmm. shield when, you know, real rights come into play. A person should be able to give away water because it's their water. They should be able to do it on a city street, because, especially at a festival, because that city street is being paid for by their tax dollars. It doesn't have anything to do with their religion. Are you telling me atheists shouldn't be able to give away water because they feel like it's the right thing to do? If this woman wasn't moved by God, she shouldn't be able to give away this water? That's a ridiculous mm-hmm. argument. So, anyway, they just want to toss about the Constitution, I suppose. A woman in the uh, city attorney's office declined to respond to WND's questions Shocking. and phone calls requesting comment from the city's public information office were not returned in time for this report. We've got information and it's public, but we just don't feel like giving it to you. 
Yeah, that's what it comes, comes down to. It's a violator of statutory and First Amendment rights to freely exercise her religion and 14th Amendment to due process. Uh, they were also unjustified under the code, uh, city code itself. In fact, uh, Phoenix City Code permits only prohibits only vending on city sidewalks without a license. <laughs> Sidewalk vending is defined as peddling, vending, selling, displaying, yep. offering for sale any item of tangible personal property or other things of value upon a sidewalk in the city of Phoenix. Now, I totally believe that this uh, w- was a neighborhood preservation inspector, yeah. <laughs> Dwayne Gerson, overstepped their bounds. I don't doubt that for a second. But, uh, you know, I mean, they, they write what they write down. And then it gets enforced the way it gets enforced. Now, wait, just I missed a, a detail. Do you recall she was cited for this or just threatened? I think she was just threatened. Just she was threatened. told to go away. So she ceased and she desisted. Uh, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus have just rolled over? I suspect not. Would Jesus have just done what this neighborhood inspector, uh, this privacy or neighborhood uh, preservation inspector told him to do? I don't think he would have. Because if Jesus believed that it was his mission, now I'm not questioning her uh, faith or anything like that. But if Jesus believed it was his mission to give water to people, doggone it, wouldn't he do it to the point where he was crucified? I think he would. Um, He certainly, and he also wouldn't demand an apology uh, written out from the person at the city either. You know, I mean, like he, you know, the forgiveness wouldn't, he wouldn't need that. It isn't one thing you'd necessarily need. So I think the religious argument here is completely spurious. But I think this woman absolutely has the right to give away water. And it seems like under the law, she's allowed to do so, too. Um, Just from what I'm reading here, it seems ludicrous that she'd need a vendor's permit to not vend. There appear to be first Friday festivals uh, in a number of different places. I don't know if it's a first Friday of the month kind of thing. Yeah. Is that the deal? Is it like every month they have It's one intended to get people downtown or to places where, you know, particular places in the city where they might come and enjoy themselves, spend a little money. Well, presumably if there's another uh, first Friday festival uh, imminent here coming up perhaps in September, this would be a great time to get out uh, a young person, maybe have uh, someone under the age of 10 Go out and do the same thing. Give away some bottled water to some thirsty participants in the hot Phoenix sun or wherever it is that uh, that you live, and uh, take this on again and see if they'll pick on the uh, see if they'll pick on the little kid. Just you know, just to find out if they're gonna preserve their neighborhood equally. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, yeah, another reason not to live in Phoenix. one 450 You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything free talk live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want here. Toll-free number 855-453. It's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features. You can enjoy them. Uh, We've got news updates. Get signed up. 
over at news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via email. Also, you can get even more than just news over on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Go to news.freetalklive.com to follow us on any one of those options. That's news.freetalklive.com. You can join more than a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate your business or create a will or a living trust or even register a trademark. They're empowering you and protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. The Fortune magazine calls LegalZoom.com blessedly simple. I've used LegalZoom.com, and it was. It was fast and easy to uh, create my will over there. If you've got a family, you need a will. It's LegalZoom.com, coupon code FTL. You can save 10 bucks on your order with uh, coupon code FTL at LegalZoom.com. So uh, we're going to go right back into your phone calls, but just because I was curious, I'd never heard of a neighborhood preservation inspector before. This is the uh, character who threatened a woman uh, from – she was giving away bottled water at a, a festival in Phoenix, just giving it away as you know a mission of Jesus or something like that, and uh, told her that you can't do that in Phoenix, ma'am. We're trying to preserve the neighborhood here. Well, what is a neighborhood preservation inspector? I went ahead and uh, did a Google, and turns out there are a lot of neighborhood preservation inspectors around the country. There's a job offering here over at uh, governmentjobs.com where St. Louis is looking to hire a neighborhood preservation inspector. You will perform reoccupancy inspections of existing structures and sites to determine compliance with applicable codes, ordinances, standards, plans, and specifications. Uh, they go on to talk about basically how it's a, it's a code enforcer. So essentially, yeah. the uh, sounded like one. It's a friendlier name for code enforcer. Is basically all it is. It doesn't sound friendlier at all. It sounds Orwellian. It sure does. Let's go to Cindy, listening in Miley Beach. You're on Free Talk Live. Uh, Cindy, where is Miley Beach? Yeah. No, Miami Beach. Huh? Oh, Miami Beach. <laughs> so you yeah, just can't spell yeah, I'm hi. sorry. You got to talk right into your uh, phone. Uh, you sound a little muffled. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I, okay. How can you hear me now? Yep. Go ahead. Okay. I just want to say. That the, Rutherford, the way I became a libertarian is in 19, about 1982, I did a paper on the separation of church and state. And uh, the early draft resistors in the United States of the, uh, used the fact that they had a religion, even though it was just ethical culture, they, to fight being drafted. And the uh, Supreme Court uh, ruled in their favor. And a big source I used was uh, John W. Uh, Whitehead, and he's a libertarian. He's the head of the Rutherford Institute. I think he's the founder, and he believes in speaking truth to power. And I believe that giving is a commandment, it's a way to show forth your love for God as a Christian. And by taking giving away from Christians, they're, they're taking their tools, their religion away from them, and the First Amendment shows equal protection for Christians as well as non-Christians to exercise what they hold dear and what they believe through through their actions. I mean, if you wipe out Christians' ability to act through these these little groups marching around, parading around like they're the, I bet you these people didn't even have official uniforms. Who would have uh, advocated? Like no one, no one advocated wiping out Christians' right to do anything. I'm just saying, no, he's I'm talking just about the, the neighborhood property or the neighborhood yeah, preservation well, inspectors. Question: Did they have? Listen, I've been confronted in South Beach by these these guys acting like the Gestapo. He acted like they're screaming at me, and he didn't even have a uniform. He looked like a he belonged in a football stadium. You know, like the goal guy who said, "Oh, field goal," and I'm serious. 
Uh, well, a lot of code enforcers don't have a uniform. They're just, uh, you know, business casual or whatever, and uh, right, they'll, they'll go exactly. around. And they've got a badge, though, and uh, they'll, you know, they've got some sort of If you of need official... to see it, they'll show it to you. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I see where you're coming from, but ultimately, yes, there is a First Amendment supposed protection for freedom of religion. But if the person who is being threatened doesn't stand their ground, then they're never going to have the chance to assert that particular – they're not asserting their rights – uh, they're basically saying, okay, I'll just do whatever you say, Mr. NPI, Neighborhood uh, uh, Preservation Inspector. Right. So she the should have stood her ground. Me, Mark, the man who came up to me was wearing, he had stripes, he was wearing shorts. He looked like he had a fat stomach and he yelled at me, you obey me. He started screaming at me. He came at me with, with a, he had a, a stop sign with a, on a pole. And when he moved away, <laughs> there was a... Right. Sounds like a not. lunatic. <laughs> what, uh, and you know what? Where? What, what were you doing? Why was he coming after you? I was driving up Washington Avenue in South Beach, my taxi cab, and there was a towing, a valet place where they were towing, and they needed an official, a government official, to authorize the, the towing, just like any bureaucracy. The guy, They were towing the guy away, and he went to talk. I, was, I stopped because the sign came up, and then he went to talk to, to the tow guy, and some guy behind me lightly tapped his horn, and I got it. I said, "Okay, I'll move," because he went away. And he came, jumped in front of my cab, and started screaming at me, "You obey me! You obey me when I say you!" <laughs> I swear to God, South Beach had become a police state, and I saw a lot of that. Oh yeah, there's some scary stuff like- that goes on down there. Cindy, thanks for the call and the story. I appreciate okay. it. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. But yeah, if you want to be able to stand, yep. In order to have rights, you have to exercise them. And it's nice to look at the Constitution and to revere some of the ideas that were placed in the Bill of uh, Rights and to appreciate them. Uh, but ultimately, if you're not willing to stand up for them, then they don't exist. Uh, you have to be willing to go ahead and make a stand on your rights, and that means possibly going through the process of being arrested and put in a jail cell. Otherwise, you're just going along to get along, and then they're going to do whatever they want to to you because they know you're just going to do what they say. And that's, you know, this woman was told, you can't uh, give this bottled water away at this uh, fair, you or this, uh, you know, open public event, this uh, street festival thing. Yeah, I think fair is pretty close. You can't give this bottle of water away. And she said, okay, I don't like it, but I'm leaving because I don't want to put anything on the line. I don't want to risk my freedom to retain my freedom. And if you're not willing to risk anything, then... You can't expect to retain anything. You can't, you know, risk equals reward. And I wish that the cops would leave people alone. I wish that they would respect these uh, ideas of the first and second and all the rest of the amendments. I wish they would, but they don't. And the only way that you'll ever have a chance above having that happen is by going ahead and and standing up for what you believe in. And Jesus would have. In New Hampshire, it's Article 10 of the Constitution has the, the right to revolution. How are you ever, I mean, it's the strangest thing to put in the Constitution. How do you exercise this right? Because well, we the government, the out. government is is a monopoly. They do not allow revolt. The last time I brought it up in court, I was told that it wasn't appropriate. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. You right don't get to that. rebel. Sorry, yeah, it wasn't right for that situation. No rebelling for you. But I am going to try it again here coming up soon. If the uh, the code enforcer doesn't back down on me, I'll probably put my entire house on the line and uh, and go ahead and and take that Tenth Amendment thing all the way to the Supreme to the Supreme Court, the right to revolution. So mm. we may end up having to build another studio, Mark. Uh, let's go to Nemi. She's listening in presumably New Hampshire. Nemi, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm calling in about the story you're talking about, the neighborhood preservation inspector. Yes. Turns out we have those in New Hampshire, too. 
In addition um, to code enforcers? Well, it's code enforcement and keen, but they also come in the form of, his, of well, we call them hysterical societies. Ah, uh, yes. If you want to tell me more about it, you can stand by. We'll come back in moments. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll. Free line. These historic districts really burn me. They really do. Thankfully, the studio is just barely outside of a historic mm, district. Yeah. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll. Free line. You can take control. Tell us your story about whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves here. Toll-free number is 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features there totally free. Got a terrible hum in my headphones. I don't know if you can hear that, Mark. Uh, hang on, let me turn your microphone on. You have to turn my microphone on for yeah. me to hear anything. No, I, I hear no humming. All right, so uh, anyway... We're going to continue here. Uh, We'll take your phone calls about uh, whatever you want. Let's go right into your calls and your thoughts here. Nemi is back on the line with us, and she wanted to tell us about the neighborhood, what was it, neighborhood preservation inspector, I think? Yeah, you're talking about the neighborhood preservation inspectors tonight, and and here in New England, we have something very pervasive called historical societies. And in the town where I grew up here in New Hampshire, there was actually an incredibly restrictive ordinance in the town where um, if you did not have clear or white light bulbs visible from the frontage of your property on your Christmas trees, if you had blue or red or purple or anything like that, um, you would be fined up to $100 per bulb because that's (laughs) how uptight they were about retaining or uh, enforcing the quaint little New England town look and feel of the town where I grew up. Because quaint New England towns only use clear or white bulbs. That's correct. Because boring is the way, uh, is the official uh, color scheme uh, in New England, right? Well, it's very white. It goes with the snow and the evergreens. And so so very quaint and nauseating, in my opinion. I've got to say, uh, we're driving downtown when they have the uh, Christmas lights on and they're all white. I like the look, no doubt about it. But the idea that somebody can't put different color lights in their, on on their house because they live in some, you know, somebody drew a line around them and said that this is the historical zone is absolutely insane. Yeah, it's outrageous. Ian Ian had said just before the break that you guys are just outside the historical district in Keene. And what strikes me is, is hilarious, forgive me, but it's, it does not even look like a standard historical district in Keene. You know, they're not the, the big 17th century houses no. like there are in, in some of the older New England towns. And this I is mean, one thing really? I thought. There are some beautiful historical houses in Keene, but they are preserving a lot of uh, wooden Junk. rectangles um, yeah. <laughs> as you know, historical houses. buildings. Well, but the idea of the people that are behind these historical societies or historic societies is that anything that's old is valuable. 
that as long as it's beyond a certain number of years old, then it's you know it's it you can't touch it. It's not old know. junk, then. Right. It's it's valuable. Right. It's just it's historic because it's old, and therefore it must be kept as its current condition of old and crappy. And how dare you right. want to put it's new okay. siding on? Or Ian, alternatively, you need to drop tens and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars extra to um, restore it according to policies and procedures that have been established by this historical society, which isn't even established as a function of government. This is a true statement. You have the option in the historical society to either let your property deteriorate, um, and that's that's fine and historical, or you can uh, spend all kinds of extra money to uh, make sure that it's restored in the ways that they say it needs to be restored. And uh, God knows you can't make any additions or changes or updates or anything like that. Right, you can't even paint the thing. <laughs> you can't put you, it in a new in window. In the same town where I grew up, you were limited on the on the paint colors that you may choose. Yep, I mean, again, sure. you know that you guys know that in downtown. There was a big hubbub when A, we had a head shop move in, and then B, that they painted their storefront yellow. OMG, yellow. Well, it's it was uh, it wasn't the head People shop that painted offended. yellow. It was the uh, the local Mexican restaurant that was yellow. And yes, there was a lot of there were a lot of people that were very upset about the uh, mo- probably there was more people upset about the yellow paint job than the head shop. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And every couple of years, you'll see this one piece of property that's in a historical district or has some historical reference, and there's some major drive. The New Hampshire um, Preservation Alliance comes out with the, the, the seven to save every year. Um, and that actually, in my opinion, is, is a little more relevant because they look at the entire state and they say, okay, here is an actual piece of property that has historical relevance that needs to be saved for X, Y, Z reasons. Right. Either, you know, the... the the basement's flooding or, or, you know, the walls are rotting out or whatever. And whether people respond to that or not determines whether the building is saved or not. Right, and that's what it comes down to, is if you want to save these buildings, you go and you buy them and turn them into historical places where people can view them, or you put families in them, or whatever it is you want to do. If you own them, as the landlord, you can both preserve them and put families in them. Whatever you want to do, it's yours. You can do it. But to draw a circle on a map or, you know, some some, uh, polygon on a map... And then say, inside of this district, it's historical, and you'll do as we say. Yeah, That's right, tyranny. Exactly. And, it's a tool of the are, state. As I said, they're termed hysterical societies by some of the more cynically hearted, like myself. You know, because they do. They send out their, their ninnies and their, their bullies to come out and say, oh, my God, you have red lights in your windows. Oh, you know what? That's not an appropriate paint color inside this arbitrary line that we yep. say means something historical. There's and a, you're pointing it out. Uh, something really important is if the lights are viewable through your window, they yeah, have to be the, the right color. There's a uh, there's a state representative uh, here who I find to be a likable character. He's probably the best. He's the best rated of all the very poorly rated reps out here in uh, in Keene. When I say rated, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance has a rating system. They rate every single state rep, all 400 of them, uh, here based on their voting record as to how did they vote. What did they vote in a liberty oriented uh, way or not? I think this guy got a C, whereas everybody else in Keene's like D or F. And so he's like the he's the best in in Keene, but he's one of these historic Swede. Uh, no, actually, it's uh, Steve Lindsay. Okay, you know, nice guy. Yes, he is a nice guy. I get along well. Don't with... get me started on Steve. Right, he's I, you know I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he's constantly posting uh the, he's constantly posting articles about oh my god, there's this old house, and somebody wants to turn it into a store and actually provide services to uh, to people. We can't have this. And then you take that, and it's really frustrating to just see that. It's because it's it, to me, I feel it feels 
anti-progress. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, right. it's old. Someone wants to do something new with it. They want to do something fresh. They want to change the appearance. You want to build something new in this town and you don't want to use bricks? Yeah. Well, that's blasphemous. Good luck. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Don't you forget, can't you also can't have an electronic sign either. The, the rotting 150-year-old <laughs> husk of a, of a of a structure that's there. I mean, you know, some of these places are ridiculous. There's there's an apartment complex made out of wood that has 15 units in it. It's one place here in Keene. I mean, my God, I'd never live in that thing to save my life. If somebody yeah. dropped a cigarette, everybody's <laughs> dead. And next door to it is a church, a red brick church that stands empty because nobody can afford to keep it up to code, but they also won't open up open it up to someone who wants to open a nightclub in it yep oh so you know and people are dealing with this stuff everywhere uh you just happen to be calling from Keene. there these ridiculous historic districts are all over the place yeah and the the mindset these of, houses by the way never had toilets in them the, the mindset of well it shall not be changed is this really, I think, terrible anti-progress mindset that is, uh, I, I find it really disturbing. And the, the latest thing here in town is that there are some Luddites, these anti-progress Luddites, who are now not only anti-progress, but also apparently anti-technology, are now rallying against Verizon Wireless, who wants to build a tower up on the East Hill. There's Keene is in a valley, so it's surrounded by hills, and one of them is higher than the others, and so it's an ideal place to put a tower. In fact, there's already a, what they call a head end for Time Warner. This is the place where all the big big satellite receiving dishes are and they pull, you know, signals down for HBO and that's It's a giant huge satellite thing up there on the hill. Yeah, so but you tower, can't put another cell phone tower next right. to it to provide the people of Keene with 4G. The tower is already there is a tower already on the hill and basically the proposal is that the city owns a bunch of the hill and they've uh, you know they've zoned there's some sort of zoning ordinance that says nothing shall be built on this hill because it must be kept in pristine condition. And so basically the proposal from Verizon is look we just want to cut down a few trees here. We just want to build a tower. We'll even make it look like a tree. No, uh, no, no. Oh my god, I hate those they don't look like trees ian i agree with you they're silly they're they're always higher than the tree line they're uh, they stick out like a sore thumb but they're trying you know to appease these people like they could make it try. look like they can make it look like big ben if they want to uh, which i think is you know makes more sense i mean make it you know at least try to spruce it up a little bit if that's what you want to do but they, these you know these luddites they just they cannot come to grips with the idea that progress is a good thing and that it you know if it has if you have to cut down a few trees to have better service and all of them probably have cell phones but uh, you know to uh, you know if you have to cut down a few trees whoa we can't have that it will it will mar forever the view that we have of this hill if we can't see 100% or 99% trees it's really frustrating Nemi, thanks for the call there's more coming up you can share your thoughts it's big time DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, you can dial in toll-free at 855-453-SACL, cool, CAI toll-free line. Just a little bit of time left here in this particular episode, but you know, if you don't get in tonight, 
you can always call any night. We do this thing seven nights per week. So any old time you want to join us on the air about whatever's on your mind, we're here for you. 855-450-FREE. You can also join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Head over there and get interactive. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to Amazon there, as well as some other shopping links uh, that we've uh, just recently added. We added the uh, the gold.freetalklive.com uh, link. And I think, uh, I don't know if I got into LegalZoom, but I will get to, uh, to LegalZoom. <laughs> got a lot on my plate trying to catch up from uh, after this, uh, this past weekend, taking a vacation, and then, of course, the trial yesterday. So bear with me. But uh, shop.freetalklive.com, you can link to Amazon through there, and Amazon Canada, Amazon UK, Amazon US. Take your pick, whichever one's best. Anyway you go, Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase price. So whatever it is you're looking to buy, Amazon probably sells it. They probably sell it at a really darn good price. You can go to shop.freetalklive.com, get your shopping done, and help Free Talk Live at the same time. Now, uh, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. Maybe freedom's important to you. Maybe you like the idea of living in a place where people actually respect the rights of others, where freedom is something that is popular. Now, we haven't created that place yet, but we're working on it. Uh, freedom's popular in New Hampshire. It is the Not freest state no. in the Union. Yeah, yeah, I think that there's yeah. it's the, the, there's more popular than it is in the rest of the country. That's a relative statement, but uh, that doesn't make, make it popular. Uh, there's a lot of problems in New Hampshire, big problems. Oh, we, sure. they, um, our friend Adema was just convicted of so-called wiretapping for recording government workers on the phone while they're doing their government jobs. So there's some serious issues. But we've got the best chance to change this than anyone else because we have the Free State Project here, where over a thousand people have made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project uh, to get active, to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Whether that's through civil disobedience, non-cooperation, creating media, doing street theater, whether it's running for political office or going and testifying at some sort of political hearing, which I'm going to do tomorrow uh, to try to change this insane wiretapping law. You can get together with people who get the ideas of freedom. Go to freestateproject.org, get active, and get on up here. freestateproject.org if you love liberty. Let's go to Tanya. She's listening in Wilmington, North Carolina to the Big Talker FM. Hey, Tanya. Hey, how are you? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, my son lives in a little neighborhood, um, just a little average neighborhood. Um, he bought a bowler camper um, to restore. It's about 13 feet long, a little tiny thing, I'm not even as big as a bathroom. Mm. And, um, and he has it behind the wooden fence. And he was in his living room the other day, and uh, somebody rode up on a motorcycle and... Uh, he he wondered what the guy was doing out there, walked outside, and the guy was on, standing on the motorcycle, peering over the fence with a camera, taking pictures of the bowler. Oh, he thought he might be interested in it, and he asked him what he was doing up there, and he said, well, the Homeowner Association decided that we need to see what you were doing behind that fence. Uh, wow. <laughs> Little petty tyrants. He said, you know, it's against county ordinance to have uh, another uh, living quarters behind your house. It's got to be against county ordinance to hang on somebody's, uh, uh, you know, privacy fence and take pictures. (laughs) I know. Well, you know, if, if you know what a bowler camper is, it's so tiny. It doesn't have a bathroom. It does have a, a, a sink and a, and a stove. Mm -hmm. And, and, and a cot in it, but it, it doesn't have a bathroom. You can't live in it. It's just for camping. 
And uh, my son walked out and he said, well, he said, uh, uh, I, I don't know why you're up here on your motorcycle taking pictures. He said, uh, I don't belong to the homeowner association. Didn't know you had a homeowner association. Uh-huh. And if, <laughs> and if you'll take that helmet off, I'll show you how to get down off that motorcycle. <laughs> wow. But I just thought it was ridiculous for somebody to come in on your property, peer over your fence to find out what you're doing in your yard. It absolutely is. But and it doesn't surprise me in the least. No, it doesn't. These homeowners associations are basically neighborhood Nazi groups where a bunch of uh, control freaks who couldn't hack it in uh, you know, the government uh, world uh, decided to take control of their neighborhoods and attempt to micromanage their neighbors' lives, and it's disgusting. I have no interest in living in a, in a place like that, and, and I'm sorry that he had to find out the hard way that those, uh, those people yeah. exist. You know, they say good fences make good neighbors, but I guess uh, that's not always the case when your neighbors are such well, busybodies that they're going to try to uh, you know, pierce the privacy of your fence. Yeah, and it's a wooden privacy fence. You yeah. cannot see through it. You cannot see through it. I moved into a neighborhood that didn't have a homeowners association, but what I found out later when I moved in is that it had a special zip code overlay. So it had these rules that I didn't have to sign, but that were different than you know that you know down a mile down the road where I had lived before. So I mean, you know, government rules. There were government rules. Yeah. They, the, the Homeowners Association had turned into a zip code overlay at some point because the Homeowners oh. Association was so old, and they just turned these into laws and wow. for, enforced them in that yeah. manner. So it's just one of these things where you know people will say, well, you know, the Homeowners Association, you knew you were getting into it. You signed a contract. Well, not always. Not, not always. Not always. You don't know. You don't know until somebody rides up on a motorcycle and starts taking pictures. Tanya, <laughs> thanks for sharing that story. Anything else on your mind tonight? Uh, well, one other thing yeah. about the cops and, and and these teenagers who don't have anything to do, and that's the truth. They don't have anything to do, and that's why they get in trouble. You mean like the ones and that were chalking? The chalking incident, I can't stand it. I mean, well, suppose they use spray paint. Would that help? <laughs> Would that be better? Well, then you'd actually have an instance of graffiti, right? Like Because spray well, paint, right, right. Spray paint actually... Chalk, yeah. Chalk, we, we teach the children at school to write on the sidewalk of the school and with chalk, and it will wash off when it rains, or we can wash it off with a hose. But they practice their letters. They practice their writing. They do their drawing. Sure. They have something to do. You know, I, I can't see why these policemen have to find something to do. It was late at night, and nobody likes the idea of young males out late at night, I guess is what it uh, all boils down to, is from what I can tell. I don't know. I mean, it's just speculation on my I, part. I don't, I don't know. And another thing, I talk about the, the, the little uh, vegetable uh, herb stuff you smoke, you know, mm-hmm. if they see, if they think, if they think that somebody might, some kids out, they might have some of that stuff, they're going to stop them. They're going to harass them. They're going to. I, I, I mean, it's re, it's really happened in our family. Oh, it sure. happens all the time. And, and yeah. Tanya, thanks um, for sharing your call. You're a thoughts. suspect. Um, as basically, if you're you know, if if you're under the age of 21, you're a suspect, a marijuana suspect. You're a, you're a suspect. Appreciate so hearing from you tonight, Tanya. Yeah. Thank you for the story. Eight five five four fifty free. Yeah, she's absolutely right. 
and uh, what a cute way to say uh, cannabis, like herb vegetable stuff. herb stuff. <laughs> uh, so eight five five four fifty free. And yeah, uh, you know, the, her point about the kids not having anything to do, that's a really valid point. Uh, a lot of teenagers, you know, they don't have a job. And in some cases, now these guys were 17. They certainly could have had jobs. We don't know. But just because they're on the street on one night doesn't mean they don't have a job, right? You can have a job and get out for the night and go out and party with your friends. So, well, you know, being a teenager and having a job isn't necessarily going to stop people from chalking or getting It's very difficult to, to, I mean, for people, to, young people to have places to go and things to do. Right. Because they run them out of the parks. They can't go to the bars, clearly. Yeah. Uh, the bars that it, it, it's not profitable for a bar to, uh, you know, just entertain people from the ages of you know 16 to 21 because you know that's that element or whatever it is so it you know it's difficult you know in this case uh, when we were talking about the, uh, the the guys with the chalk this was in Doylestown now I don't know how far away Doylestown is from Philly it is CBS Philly that did report on the story but you know maybe they're not anywhere near a mall I guess it's kind of a typical thing for teenagers Malls to go hang at out the mall yeah that's a good point yeah so I mean, you know, if, yeah, I, if it's 10 when I was at a night, young, what do you do? When I was a young person, I stayed out till midnight. I mean, that was or twelve thirty was my right. uh, curfew, and you know, I lived out so far that basically I had to to leave at midnight, to leave town at midnight. Luckily, at seventeen, I could uh, hang out over at Rooster's house where I could get high and uh, you know and have fun with uh, with them, and you know, kind of have a relatively. Your parents let you hang okay out with someone place. named Rooster. No, they had no idea I was okay. there. They thought I was like out watching a movie or something. Like yeah, that. this is the problem. <laughs> you know, you you set your kids kids up for all kinds of problems when you get them into a situation where they got to lie to you. No doubt about it. We're out of time for tonight. You can join us uh, online between now and tomorrow night over at freetalklive.com. And oh, by the way, if you were curious, I was. Uh, I went and looked up Bowler Camper. It's B O L E R Bowler. Yeah. It's a fiberglass camper, right? Yeah, it kind of looks like uh, like a VW bus without the engine compartment. You can, basically. you can pull it with just about anything. Yep. All right, so see you tomorrow, freetalklive.com. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it, and once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty... You should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.